we're excited to have Craig Weber here. Craig is the author of the book, Conversational Capacity. And so our topic today is one of those majorly overlooked items of building great teamwork. So Craig, let's, let's turn it over to you here. What, what are the things that you work on and look at for building that great teamwork? Yeah, that's a great question, Ben. Thanks for asking and thanks for having me here. Um, I think, you know, if you really want to build a team that is firing on all cylinders, there's uh, a number of things you need to get right, but I think there's three that are really critical. You've got to have a really clear purpose. You've got to get the right people on the team. And then I think something, you know, the title of my book, you need high conversational capacity. And if any one of those are missing, you're in a lot of trouble. So purpose, um, get the right people around the table, and then, of course, high conversational capacity. So I'd say those are three really key things we need to pay attention to as leaders. Okay, no, absolutely. Dive into conversational capacity. What do you exactly mean by that? Uh, yeah, conversational capacity is, it can be defined in a number of ways, uh, but here's the dictionary definition. It's the ability, and this could be of an individual or a team, for having constructive learning-focused dialogue about difficult subjects, in challenging circumstances and across tough boundaries. And so it's easy to see in a team, which we're talking about today, high conversational capacity, a team of people can put the most difficult, painful, divisive issue on the table in a meeting and do really good work around it. Whereas low conversational capacity and a minor difference of opinion will screw things up. And so you can have a lot of brilliant people around the table, a great product or service, a killer strategy in place, and all the resources you need. But if the conversational capacity of the team is too low, it will underperform, sometimes dramatically. And so in this sense, it's sort of a linchpin or foundational competence, but it's not something we're paying nearly as much attention to as I think we should. Okay, no, absolutely. I love it. Tell me more about how that relates to the purpose and getting the right people around the team and how it all plays together for optimal teamwork. Yeah, I like uh, Peter Drucker. Um, he said that an organization is defined by its purpose, right? So if you've got a baseball team, a healthcare organization, and a bank. They're all organizations, but they all have a very different purpose, a different function. And so I think whether you're running a team or an entire business, what is it we're trying to do? Why do we exist? Why are we here? You know, what are we trying to achieve? That's really important because if you don't have a clear purpose, it's really hard to figure out who you need on the team. If you're not clear what you're trying to accomplish, how do you possibly make choices about the people you need on the team? So I think a lot of organizations, you know, they're not as clear on their purpose. Others are, but I think that's a really important thing. You know, Roger Martin, the strategist, uh, talks about the idea of what's your winning aspiration as an organization, right? What is it you're there to achieve? What is it you're there to accomplish? And so I think that's really critical. Oh, absolutely. Let's talk about getting the right people on the team. You know, my background is behavioral analytics. So I, I'm a practitioner of behavioral analytics and how different profiles of people are going to operate different, different needs, drivers. And it kind of goes into like, all right, you have this group of people that have these differences. How do you get them to work together and maybe relate it to the conversational capacity element? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, because many companies struggle with that, right? Including, really including um, interests and conversations and opinions of the group. Yeah, because it's easy to say, get the right people on the team. But then that begs the question, well, who are the right people? And I think all too often, we look at one aspect, which is, you know, cultural fit, right? Do they fit in here on the team, right? And that's kind of, oh, another person doesn't seem quite right. 
And I think there's, we need to be careful there because what we also need is a cultural mix, right? We want a lot of diversity. If you have a team full of optimists, they can easily, you know, Thelma and Louise off a cliff because they're all, this will be great. I'm sure we can make it. And so you want a really good mix of people, personality, gender, I mean, you name it, diversity in all its uh, forms. Um, and so that's a cultural fit. You want people who are high achievers, perhaps, who have a really strong um, work ethic. Those are things I think you probably want very similar. But at the same time, there's a lot of diversity you want to cultivate so that you use the if you've got a team full of optimists, you're going to have a really big blind spot on the team when it comes to decision making. If you have a team full of pessimists, good luck. You're probably not going to get anywhere. And so I think that idea of you know, how do we create some foundational things that are shared across the team and at the same time create as much diversity as possible. So when we're wrestling with a decision, a problem, or a challenge, we can think more clearly about what we're up against because we've got so many different lenses, you could say, through which to look at the problem. You know, one of the things I talk about is, you know, this, there's a sweet spot in a conversation or meeting where two things are in balance. On the one hand, it's candor. People are talking in very open, very honest, very direct ways. They're not a lot of nonsense. But at the same time, they're open-minded. They're inquisitive. They're eager to learn. So there's candor and then there's curiosity. And that's where a team can do really good work. And when a team's in the sweet spot, it takes what can often be a traditional source of team weakness and turn it into a team's strength. So differences in a team, personality, functional differences, regional differences, you know, even tenure, right? So one person's been there for 20 years, the other person's been there six weeks. Those differences, when conversational capacity is low, produce a lot of conflict, a lot of uh, trouble, when a lot of dysfunction. And when those same differences, when conversational capacity is high, become a strength, a source of learning. And so I talk about the idea about not just having a lot of diversity around the table, but knowing how to access it and use it to learn. And so this idea of pooling perspectives to expand and improve our thinking. We rarely learn much from people who see things the same we do, same way we do. It's often that person across the table who has a very different view of things that sparks the most learning, that aha moment where a blind spot in my mental map of reality gets suddenly illuminated. Oh, yeah, I never thought of that, Ben. That's a really good idea. And so I think let's get the right people around the table, and then let's cultivate the ability to work in that sweet spot so all the differences around the table are something we're using to learn. They're, they're, a, they're a resource we can tap into when we're dealing with a big decision, a crisis like we are now, or some new strategy we want to implement. Most of my work is with teams or, or groups. But when I do a workshop, for example, with an executive team, I just did one last week with a financial services company, um, I tend to have each person walk out with a personal plan. So I really encourage them to think, what are two or three things I'm going to do beyond the workshop to build my own conversational capacity? There's work I need to do as an individual. But then we also put together a team plan. What's the work we need to do as a team to collectively build our conversational capacity? How can we use these skills in our meetings? How can we use them when we're making decisions? So we really try to have people walk out with two things. And then I often help them put together a conversational code of conduct. So let's you know, not leave it to chance that we know what to expect of each other. Let's get, let's codify the behavioral norms we agree to in this team. I was listening to a, a podcast this morning and Oprah Run and, and it was talking about the bystander effect. And so if a group gets in there and there's the idea that, ooh, the cultural norm is that we don't talk much in our meetings. Yeah. And that can happen. Or the cultural norm for that group can be to have great meetings with great conversation and great sharing. 
Right. It's you're purposely uh, moving that group towards that that type of effect cultural norm that they you want. I mean, that's right. That's you find that some teams tend to uh, they're comfortable out of the sweet spot with the lack of candor, nice, agreeable, but they don't talk about the things they really need to. You see, other teams that sometimes can be out of the sweet spot on that lack of curiosity side of things. There's a lot of arguing, and it's like who's going to win the meeting today. And yeah. so every team and every individual has some work to do at learning to dial it in so that balance between the candor and curiosity is um, uh, it, there. And I think if there's a lot of curiosity, it's harder to have the bystanders because if you're in a meeting, and we're in a meeting together and you're not contributing and I notice, I might say, huh, that's interesting. I haven't heard from Ben on this issue. What I would do is get curious and ask you to share. So I might inquire and say, hey, Ben, we've been bouncing this issue around for a while. I haven't heard from you yet. Given everything you've heard so far, I'd love your take on this issue. Where are you at on the matter? And so, you know, I would help invite you into the conversation because maybe you have a you know, slightly off kilter perspective that your little word is going to piss people off. You know, that invitation can help you get that idea on the table, which may actually spark some profound learning. You know, absolutely. I, I, I think that's huge. Well, hey, Craig, this, it's a great topic. I look forward. I haven't read your book yet. I'm going to do that, um, but really enjoyed the, the conversation, and, and I look forward to uh, learning more about this topic. I think it's something that's well, not. Well, thanks very much for uh, having me uh, come share a little bit. Thanks so much. Awesome. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Ben. Bye now.